When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm here with Cordell Jacks, a dream coach, and I'm so excited to hear everything he has to share with us. Welcome, Cordell. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited to hear everything you have to share with us today. Could you just share a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. I'm uh, I'm based here on in Canada on Vancouver Island, and I'm a dream coach. I spend a good deal of my time teaching people how to access their dream life. You know, the one third of our life that we spend in sleep and dream is an incredible opportunity to dive into a lot of the inner self, a lot of the understandings of who we are, how we are relating to ourself and to the world around us. And so I teach people one, how to recall their dreams with great frequency. I mm-hmm. teach people how to start to make meaning and understanding of these visions of the night and what they mean, why they're coming to us, mm-hmm. what is yearning to be expe- expressed through us. Mm-hmm. And as well, I teach people to go deeper into dream work with lucid dreaming, those states where you are fully aware that you're dreaming within a dream and can start mm-hmm. to carry out intentional experiences in this limitless state. And beyond that, really, what dreaming means to our waking life? Why do we have these two hours every single night that we go into these altered states of consciousness? Mm-hmm. And what they can really do for us in terms of our overall life experience? Oh, I love that. I am really big into dreams. I, I love looking at my dreams and I would I want to learn how to lucid dream. I'm like, how do I tap into this? So I'm really excited to hear everything you have to share. Um so why do we dream really? Yeah, this is a, a question that's kind of been at the heart of humanity since our, our beginning, you know, and there is uh, sadly and, and well, I guess, sadly, unhappily, no one answer to this. You know, in, the, in, in all of this time and all of the advancements and progress we've made as humanity, mm-hmm. we know that, you know, sleep one helps us recover, recuperate, prepare for the next days. We know that dreaming helps us with emotional processing, memory mm-hmm. consolidation, threat rehearsal, preparing for those situations that may affect us. But ultimately, despite all of these advancements, we still don't know why it is that we dream. And so we're left with a bit of a mystery. And with this mystery gives us the opportunity for choice, gives us the opportunity for exploration. And when we're set in the face of mystery, something always comes up, which is Mm -hmm. the sense of awe. What is this? Why can't we not explain this? And with that awe comes reverence, respect, and sometimes fear about Mm -hmm. that which we can't explain. And so ultimately, dreaming is stepping into this territory of the unknown, stepping into more than our waking rational selves, and using that as an opportunity as a platform to jump into who we might become, who we fully are, and what this whole experience of life might be. 
Very interesting. I mean, even just acknowledging the fact that your uh, subconscious mind or your mind in general is just doing that emotional processing, you know, at the end of the day or whatever's, you know, you're, you know, holding in or suppressing is really fascinating in itself to just acknowledge that aspect of it. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's a lot of different lineages and schools of thought about dreaming. You know, we can look to different indigenous lineages around the world. We can look to Australian Aboriginal and who believes that, you know, our waking life is but the dream and mm. that we're, we're manifesting that from our dream state, from the dream time. Mm-hmm. We can look at Tibetan dream yoga and the belief that dreaming is the practice for the afterlife, for the bardo mm. states. And then we can look to more modern day psychology, as you were mentioning. We can look at the practices of Jung and Carl Jung and others to really mm-hmm. look at, yeah, what is it that's in our subconscious mind? What is it that we've suppressed, we've repressed, we've denied from ourself mm-hmm. that is yearning to be given some conscious awareness that's trying to break through and express itself to us through our dreams when our inner editor, when our inner critic, when our inner defense mechanisms are shut down while we're sleeping. Mm-hmm. And as we start to bring some attention and some light of awareness to these inner narratives and these inner visions, so much can be gleaned from what is there, what we're not looking at, what needs to be looked at, what limiting beliefs or narratives or stories we hold about ourself or life around us need to be recognized and sometimes mm-hmm. need to be let go of. So when we get into dream work, there's just a whole world of opportunity for self-growth, self-development, and as Young would put it, really to look at our shadows looking Mm. to those unexpressed parts of ourselves that really need to be honored, acknowledged, and transcended. Mm. Mm -hmm. I love that. And how how can one start to really take a different approach towards their dreams in order to help with like maybe some inner healing or just, you know, to resolve maybe some lingering issues that may be still hiding out in there? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, the first step is really to acknowledge that nothing in nature is wasted. When we look at the world around us, when we look at nature around us, there's nothing nothing wasteful there. Mm -hmm. Everything has a purpose. And much like in nature, our dreams aren't just the byproduct of our waking day consciousness. They're not just a place and a time where yeah, these are just random bubblings of our mind that are, you know, a byproduct of our waking day. Mm-hmm. Really, the dreams are, are something to be give attention to, given attention to and, and to be honored. And so the first step is to really make an intention to say, you know, I wish to recall these two hours of experiences that I have dreaming every night and to start looking at them for what they might teach me, to start mm-hmm. listening to them for what they might show me. And so the first step is really to just start a dream practice to get a dream journal and to start catching those dreams, those fleeting experiences when you wake up in the morning. And something really interesting happens when you start to do that. When you start to capture these dreams, you start to give attention to them. You start to get a flood of greater and greater recall that comes back to you. Mm. And once you start to get these, these recalls, they become a more important part of your life. They start to, you start to have these uh, greater and greater experiences every morning. And as you start to question what are these experiences? Why are they mm-hmm. coming to me? That's really when we get into dream interpretation. Mm-hmm. And dream interpretation is a is a huge field. There's lots of different ideas about dream interpretation. And from my perspective, there's no one right way 
to interpret a dream. A mm-hmm. good dream interpretation is when the dreamer sees something for themselves that they hadn't seen before. When there's an insight, when there's an aha moment that shows them an aspect of themselves or their life around them that they were blind to or that was in their blind spot before. And that's that's a good dream interpretation. And learning how to interpret your dreams is really about understanding the language, the architecture, the symbols that come up in your dreams. And, and that's something that takes some practice, but with a skilled teacher, with a good community of people to share your dreams with, who can ask you greater questions about, you know, what do symbols like this mean to you? Where have you seen them? Where have situations and experiences similar to this dream occurred in your life? Where are they happening in your day-to-day life? How might, how did these dreams make you feel? What did they trigger in you emotionally? As we start to unpack these dreams, we see much like a picture is worth a thousand words. Mm-hmm. Our dreams are worth so much meaning if we're willing to unpack them. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, the the point that you made about understanding the language. And I think that's something to really take note of is that I kind of like our our mind has its own little language, you know, with our with our personal relationship with ourselves. So I think that's really fascinating just to, I guess, one, get to know yourself even more. <laughs> how does, uh, how do your dreams you know, try your, their best to communicate with you? I know for me personally, I typically have a lot of colors that will come up or um, different animals. So mm. those usually are kind of my symbolic communicators so to speak yeah yeah and that's uh, you make a good point you know symbolic communicators our dreams often speak to us through symbols mm-hmm. and symbols can mean a lot of different things symbols are symbols because they're not literal there's mm-hmm. ways to look at them from a lot of different vantage points and angles and this is why i often warn dreamers you know a dream dictionary that you can find in any bookshop can be helpful in that they can give you ideas. You know, a tiger might mean this or an animal might mean this, but to be very careful not to take any of those literally. Mm -hmm. If our dreams wanted us to be literal, it would speak to us in very literal terms. They are Mm -hmm. non-literal because there's lots of different ways and lots of different choices we can make Mm -hmm. through the symbols and interpreting them. So let me give you an example. Let's say that a dog comes up in your dream. Well, what a dog to you, Lindsay, and what a dog to me might mean could be completely different. I may have been bitten by a dog when I was young, and it can be trauma-inducing. It can be fear-inducing, where you might have a 100 dogs in your home and just love them. Mm-hmm. And so one, there's the personal lens from which to view symbols. And that's why no one can tell you what your dreams mean. Only the dreamer knows what their dreams mean. A good dream mm-hmm. interpreter will help ask questions that will tease out wider swaths of meaning from your dreams Mm -hmm. so there's the personal angle which can be different and there's a cultural angle you know what a dog here in north america means is very different to what a dog in peru or vietnam or korea where they might eat dogs means Mm. and so there's a cultural lens that we have to look at it and so what a dreamer here in north america dreams about a dog and what a dreamer somewhere else in the world might uh, have a dream about may mean totally different things And then there's kind of the universal lens. You know, when we think about dog, we all think of, well, four-legged animal, tail, furry. Or when we think about (laughs) water, you know, liquid, Mm -hmm. 
um, viscous, you know, all of these things. So there are universal archetypes and, and patterns around symbols, but we can't take any one personal, cultural, or universal lens in looking at a symbol. And mm -hmm. so again, if a picture is worth a thousand words, the opportunity is for play. The opportunity is to play with your dreams, to you know, tease out different meanings, different potential questions that might come up from different symbols, and then to look at those questions, look at those different meanings and start to choose, okay, how might I look at this that is the most empowering to me? Rather mm -hmm. than these narratives you know, showing me where yeah, life might not be working out for me in the way I want it to, or I may be stuck in a pattern that's haunted me throughout my whole life. How can I choose meanings and stories from this, this vision, from this, this dream that help me speak and live into a mm -hmm. life or a narrative that is far more empowering for me? And ultimately, I think that's what dreams are doing for us. Dreams mm -hmm. are, are really an inner guidance system. Dreams are trying to speak again to those limiting beliefs or those stories that no longer serve us and, and are really trying to guide us to ways at looking from this altered state, from this different vantage point, so that we might choose a different way of viewing our situations and our perspectives in life. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact of you mentioning about what is empowering, because I think sometimes you can get frustrated if we think it means one thing, but then it didn't mean anything <laughs> or not that it didn't mean anything but it didn't mean what we wanted it to mean or what we thought it meant and then you get frustrated and you're like ah oh, it's just a dream I can't trust these things <laughs> so I think that's good to take note of to empower what is empowering uh for you to take away from the messages that you have from your dreams and let that be that guidance yeah exactly and I, I think that you know, I, I, it's often not helpful to boil things down to black or white or to, mm -hmm. you know, binary situations here. But I, I often teach a lot of my students that I truly believe there are only two types of story mm. in the world. Mm -hmm. Everything else is an offshoot of either an empowered story or a victim perpetrator story. Mm -hmm. And when we look at victim perpetrator stories, what's a victim but someone who does not have choice? Mm. And that's awful, often a nightmare situation for us. Mm -hmm. We have no choice. The world is doing this to me. COVID is causing me this. The <laughs> environment, politics, my relationships, my home, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. When we feel like we're a victim, we don't have choice. And that's a disempowered state. Mm -hmm. I think our dreams are speaking to us to show us where we are subconsciously or habitually acting from a mm -hmm. victim story. Mm -hmm. And it's, they're trying to show us whether it's you know, our higher self, our subconscious mind, the collective unconscious source, God, however you want to look at it, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. to me. But something is trying to guide us to step out of those limited victim stories. Mm -hmm. And again, to give us these different choices of how we might turn them into empowered narratives. Mm -hmm. And this is this is kind of the fun of playing with dreams. You know, starting every single day with a few minutes of inner reflection. Okay, where was I just now? What were those dreams? What were the experiences of the dreams? How might I look at them? How might they be meaningful to me? How might I watch throughout my waking day for similar symbols or synchronicities that show up to pay attention to, to bring conscious awareness to, mm -hmm. to not you know, go unconscious from? That's an opportunity for a playful way of walking through your day 
And there's something really important about play. You know, when we choose to play, we feel like we're in a safe environment. We feel like it's safe to try new things, to innovate, to risk take. And the practice of dream work is this continuous practice of starting your days in a playful mentality of looking for meaning, of looking at different ways of looking at life. And that has a ripple effect as you walk through the rest, rest of your waking day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And do you know some ways of kind of, because what I struggle with, is like by the time I wake up, the dreams are so fragmented that it's kind of difficult to really like piece everything together. Unless say I wake up in the middle of the night out of an intense dream or something like that. Is there any way to kind of strengthen the the memory of the dream? Yeah. So there's two things to, to discuss there. First of all, dreams are never going to give you a perfectly articulate story. Like we're yeah. used to narratives. And so <laughs> Even waking with just the memory of one scene or one symbol can Mm -hmm. often be enough to do some fantastic dream work. So again, you know, if there was a dog or or something that came up, just to play with that for a moment, to feel into it, to try and relive the experience, to close your eyes and see that dog again and to Mm -hmm. see what it evokes. And oftentimes that can be, you know, I've done dream interpretation sessions where people come to me with, a dream that takes 10 seconds to explain. And we will spend an hour and a half unpacking it for incredible and profound insights. So it doesn't need to be a big dream for it to be deeply meaningful. But to your second question of how do you strengthen, you know, really dreaming is much like anything in life. It's about Mm -hmm. intention setting. It's about Mm -hmm. giving some conscious awareness and attention to this aspect of your life. So, you know, one of the things I do for students uh, is, is teach them how to use as, as simple as it is a dream journal. And that is to keep a journal by your bed before bed every night to set an intention to write down in your dream journal. Tonight, I intend to recall my dreams. And as that progresses, those intentions, as you start to recall more dreams uh, and write them down in the morning, as soon as you wake up, you can start to set intentions for the types of dreams you want to have. And that quickly bleeds into to lucid dreaming. I want to have this type of dream or I want to experience this type of situation mm-hmm. or to set intentions for the big questions you're asking yourself in life. And this is one of, I think, the most profound opportunities with dream work every single night. I take a minute or two to ask myself, you know, what are the big questions? What are the big issues that I'm dealing with? What do I want to put to that infinitely you know, wisdom to that infinite wisdom and that infinite guidance in my subconscious mind? How can I ask my dream time to shine some light to give me some insights into these big questions? Mm -hmm. And so a dream journal really helps you just take these ephemeral thoughts and ideas and questions in your mind, make them manifest, make them real. It doesn't have to be much. You know, I tell most people that intention setting before bed should just take a minute Mm -hmm. to sit there, to set those intentions, and then to be open to receiving what's going to come in your dream time and then to be ready to catch what comes as soon as you wake up in the morning and you'll be shocked how Mm. quickly the feedback loop starts to happen. Hey, Lindsay's listening. Okay. The dream weaver is going to send more dreams. Okay. She's listening more, send more dreams, send more meaning, send more Mm. depth. And you know, I, I, I do something with my students. So I, I, I put out a seven day dream recall challenge. Anyone can sign up for free to this dream recall challenge on my on my website. And for a week, I send them every day 
a quick video with three to five minutes of tips. Try this tonight. And mm. I've had thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people go through this now. And everyone is able to remember their dreams within a week, as long wow. as they're not smoking marijuana, as long as they're not drinking <laughs> lots, as long yeah. as they're not doing other things that's going to affect their dream time. Mm -hmm. But very quickly, within a week, your dreams start coming back to you. And as you start to glean insights, your dreams become more meaningful to you. And so you put a little more attention into them. And it just becomes this positive feedback loop where, yeah, all of a sudden, you you have a very active dream life, a very meaningful and important dream life. And all of a sudden, you've got two extra hours every single day for the rest of your life, not just for experiences, but for super conscious experiences that yeah, can be profoundly impactful. Mm. That is so cool. Um, I've had so many different kinds of dreams, even dreams that will relate to something that will happen shortly, like maybe a day or two, or maybe even a week after I have the dream. I don't, would you say that that's kind of my mind picking up on something that could be likely to happen or do we sometimes kind of um, mesh between past and present worlds? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question, a really intriguing question, and a question that I don't think anyone knows fully the answer to it. Yeah, but definitively, I and and many many others have had these precognitive dreams. Mm -hmm. You know, these dreams where. Something happens in the dream and the next day that happens in waking life. Now, we yeah. need to be careful with this. I, you know, Jung would call these, Carl Jung would call these big dreams. And mm -hmm. oftentimes, you really know when you get a big dream. It's yeah. kind of like a nightmare. It's not necessarily, um, you know, discontent in emotionally, but it strikes you so mm -hmm. hard that you have no problem remembering it, that yes. it, it kind of shakes you to the core of your being. Mm -hmm. And those are big dreams. And and we need to be careful because sometimes we might have a dream and we see an airplane crash and it, it's a bit disturbing. And so we're like, oh, I shouldn't get on that airplane or I should tell anyone I know that's about to get on an airplane not to do that. Or, <laughs> you know, dreams for the most part are for you, not for mm -hmm. anyone else. And okay. unless you have one of these soul-shaking profound profound big dreams and you will know when it's a big dream because it's it's that life-changing mm -hmm. to not take it literally again to say okay there's here there's something here for me let's look at airplane okay i believe everything is architected in the dream perfectly i don't think it's random so why did i find myself in an airplane as opposed to a vehicle what can i discern from the different modes of transportation that i found myself in well I'm up in the air. Maybe I'm I'm thinking of, of a higher things in life. Airplanes, they're moving fast, much faster than a car. So where am I moving quickly in life that I need to be aware of? Airplanes are also something that you're turning over, you're surrendering. Someone else is taking the driver's seat as opposed to a car where you're in the driver's seat. Where mm -hmm. might I look? Where might I need to look at the places that I am surrendering or might need to surrender to move faster? as opposed to grabbing the wheel and, and determining how fast or where I go. Mm -hmm. And so again, there's a lot to unpack with the symbology of the dreams. But just to say that when we have these dreams, to be careful not to take them too literally. Mm -hmm. You'll know when it's a big dream and, and you'll know because it's just unequivocal. There's no doubt of what the dream was, what message the dream was sending you. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Which it can be kind of tricky sometimes because you're like, well, which one is it mm-hmm. this go round? <laughs> um, and and sometimes I've had dreams where you know maybe if it's someone I've had a really close relationship with uh, that I haven't spoken to in a while, they may come up in my dream and and maybe um, will be in a troubled state. And uh, I'll go to check on them and say, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. But then about a few weeks later, they're like, I really wasn't fine. I'm like, you see, <laughs> now you make me think my dreams are crazy. But, you know, hey, sometimes you just you have to really be in tune with yourself and use discernment as you spoke before. Yeah. And th- this is this is really important as to why it's 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 critical to learn about dream interpretation, because, mm-hmm. you know, I say to a lot of my students, you know, if a friend shows up in a dream. Send them a message. Say, hey, you were in a dream last night. Just thinking of you. Nothing else. You don't have to tell them what they were, what was (laughs) happening in the dream. Just, hey, you showed up in a dream. And and let that seed germinate. See what Mm. comes up. See how Mm -hmm. they respond. Oftentimes, you know, it just happens to spurn the right conversation that you needed to to have at that point or that Mm. they needed to have. Mm -hmm. But rather than getting literally, I saw this happen to you in a dream or we did this, you know, we can have some fun and share them. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, you know, oftentimes when we do share dreams in a playful, non-literal way, what happens is our friends or our family or, you know, our lovers will ask us questions that we wouldn't have asked ourselves about the dream. And that can be mm-hmm. insightful. So it's important to share dreams when it's done reverently, when it's done yeah. well in a good way. But the other piece is as well, just to, you know, know that people show up in our dreams for a reason. Mm-hmm. If you can take the the notion that everything that shows up in your dream is a projection from your inner mind, then why are you projecting these people? What did that friend mean? What what happens if you just close your eyes and imagine taking on the friend's role in the dream, looking mm-hmm. back at you with the dreamer? How might that give you different perspectives? Mm-hmm. What does that friend mean and to who they are to you in this day and age? Why is that those characteristics? Why are those characteristics showing up? And how does that fit into the greater context of the dream? You know, it's mm. it's really a beautiful and complex art to unpacking these dreams. But again, mm-hmm. it's not for the one right interpretation. Mm-hmm. It's for the opportunity to look at the world from grander, more diverse, more meaningful perspectives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love how you um, t- just take a very open approach to everything. And like you said, just not take things so literal, because that can cloud your mind even further and kind of pull you away from the overarching message that, you know, your mind was trying to send you. Totally, totally. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we can go as deep as you want to go on, on this subject. But, you know, I think that literalism is very, uh, it speaks to one of the big problems that we have facing Mm -hmm. our civilization today, which is literalism and materialism. Taking Mm. things as very concrete and real. And whether that, you know, speaks to ecological crises that we're facing or or transpersonal or whatever it might be, getting too fixated on one way of looking at the world is making Mm. us rigid. Mm. is making us bent out of shape. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I have a two-year-old daughter. She's almost three. And as a parent right now, there's there's two big notions that I'm really thinking about these days and how I bring her up. And that is one, you know, I want to teach her. 
about her dream life as early mm-hmm. as possible. We're already yeah. every morning I ask, did you dream last night? What was it about? And just seeing what's what's bubbling up in her mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. Two is, you know, my daughter, and this goes for us as well, is going to live in a time, we live in a time where we are bombarded by social media, mm-hmm. by podcasts, by, you know, YouTube, by you name it. We mm-hmm. have so many curated, cultivated, consumptive contents that are being fired at us all mm-hmm. the time. And that is hijacking our inner visions. Mm. That is hijacking our unique inner selves that want to express themselves. How can I listen? How can I slow down and stop if I'm always listening to someone else's content mm-hmm. or watching someone else's news? I, it's, it's really tough to slow down and go, what, what is unique to me? What wants to be expressed? How is my magical, you know, snowflake selfish, so, self, uh, self wanting to be expressed out there? And mm-hmm. I think that's really important to us. You know, what you're doing here and what we're doing in sharing each other's wisdoms is so incredibly important. Mm-hmm. And in learning all of this, we also need to take the time to be silent, to listen what wants to come. And, and that's what I most want for my daughter. I don't want her to become a doctor, a dream worker or whatever. I want whatever her unique DNA, her unique spirit, her unique soul to come through for whatever purpose she's here to serve. And the best way I can help her do that is to go inward, to listen, to see mm-hmm. what wants to come through. And dream time is one of the best ways I know for that to come up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, um, I've kind of touched on that as well, where it's like, you know, a lot of us feel a little scattered because the information is scattered. Never have we been in a time where there's so many different opinions and polarization between the opinions that you kind of feel like, mm-hmm. whoa, like what's going on? You, you literally have to kind of shut yourself out from that external world in order to get in tune with your internal world. But it's crucial in order for you to have any guidance. Otherwise, you'll just feel lost. Totally, totally. And you know, when I started sharing, you know, I, I've been studying dream work half of my life for the last 20 years. Mm. I've, I've just been passionately uh, pursuing anything I could learn about dream work. Mm. When I started sharing and teaching dream work to others, one of the first things that I, one of the first angles that I started putting out there was, well, you know, the productivity efficiency hack. Look, let's, let's do more in this life. Let's get squeeze two extra hours out of every single day through dream time. Let's mm-hmm. creatively problem solve. Let's do healing work. Let's have fun and lucid dream and explore our consciousness. And I kind of backed away. I've backed away from that, that angle because I don't think more productivity and more efficiency is, is what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. I think it is that, that deeper, as you mentioned, you know, that silence, that going to quiet, that going to stillness. That opens mm-hmm. up to things that are paradigm shifting, that, you know, it's not more of the same. I, I think ev- everything we know about the big issues we're facing in the world is more of the same, is mm-hmm. not helping us out. We need shifts in understanding who we are, who we're going to be, what humanity looks like in this next chapter, if we're going to solve any of these big ones. So, you know, for me, the sharing dream work has been a real call to action in that, yes, Personally, you know, human mindset wise, mental health wise, we've got a lot of issues. We are, we are a traumatized society and we need to do a lot of self-work. And 
at the bigger meta, meta picture, we've got some major, major existential crises that we need to face. And so mm-hmm. teaching people dream work has been a call to action of we need dreamers. We need the people who are going to do the self-work and the healing work. And we need to dream a new civilization. We need to dream up the solutions or the shifts to these big questions that we're facing. Because it's not just going to come out of being better capitalists, being better innovators, being it's got to be something bigger than that. And so that's been mm-hmm. my real call to call to action with this. Mm-hmm. I love that. And we, I, we need that. I, I've never met a dream coach. <laughs> so it's like, you're definitely needed for sure. And I, I do love, you know, even though there are so many, you know, different things going on, there's also the opposite side of that where we have a bit of freedom where, I mean, there's just more expansion to really cultivate who you want to be and and be that um whereas before it's like oh you didn't fit in this box it's immediately rejected sorry no we don't know what that is you're out and so now we have a little bit more of that freedom capability to kind of share with the world like hey let's open our mind and and do that it's just I think right now we're still in the wild wild west so (laughs) we can yeah I think that's really well said yeah. And there's there's something there for me, which is, you know, again, going back to this literal material reality mm-hmm. that that we're de- having issues with, there's something about opening up to to our dream world, to these altered states every night that kind of leads us to what I think is going to be a shift in who we are. We've always had long histories and lineages of honoring dream time. It's only been, in the, you know, since the last couple hundred years, industrialized, scientific, proof is mm-hmm. truth living that we've kind of lost the yeah. sacred, you know, aspect of, of where we go to each night. But mm-hmm. I think as this starts to swing back, I, th- I think as meditation and mindfulness and the psychedelic renaissance and an altered states and honoring all of the knowledge that comes from any state of consciousness, I think that's going to be important for us. And I think it's important for us to recognize that we're truly, we're a multiplicity. We're not these waking, rational, material beings. We are also very much these ephemeral, spiritual, visionary, other aspects of self that need to be included in our understanding of self and wholeness. And as we do that, we kind of move beyond just the material world. We kind of honor that spiritual or that sacred or however you want to look at it unconscious and subconscious and and homoluminous aspect of ourself mm-hmm. and i think that's going to be important in the next chapter and shift as we move forwards mhm oh yeah absolutely and i think um so for me i always like look up different symbols or whatever that i have in my dream and i kind of see which one may or may not may or may not resonate but i think it's key to Maybe just take a day or two to think of just the simplest objects and our relationship to them. And like, how, how, how do we view these things? How do we perceive these things? And I don't think we do that. Well, I know I don't. I just kind of focused on whatever's happening in my life. But um, I had a dream recently, ironically, about a dog. So you picked that up. <laughs> um, it was about a dog that threw up a screw. I was like, okay, that's so, that's obviously very symbolic, but I'm like, what the heck 
does that mm. mean? <laughs> do, do, um, do you want to play with it a little bit? With me? Sure, sure. Was there anything else to it that you wanted to add first? Um, I can't. That that's the biggest thing that stands out to me. It was a it was a German Shepherd dog, so it was a large dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a good relationship with dogs. I love dogs. It it just seemed kind of sick, and then it was kind of like releasing, and like yep. it, like there's like it threw up, and then there's a screw. Like I found the screw in it, and that's all I got. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for for sharing this. Sure. And, and secondly. <laughs> Let me ask, how did the dream make you feel? I felt confused. (laughs) Like, I kind of felt like, what do I do? Like, how do I, I didn't really know what to do, I guess. Like, Mm -hmm. it just seemed like a, a, maybe a problem I I had never experienced before. Okay. And can I, can I ask you to, to play with me a little bit here? Can you close your eyes for a second? Sure. And... Can you try and imagine seeing that German shepherd again? You said it seemed sick. Mm-hmm. When it seemed sick there, mm-hmm. what, what did it feel like to, to know or to witness this dog seemingly sick? Um, it just kind of felt like I wanted to help the dog, but I couldn't help mm-hmm. it. I don't know. I guess the only way to help it was to let it throw up Hmm. that's the only thing i could do okay and let me ask you a little bit of symbolic work here Mm -hmm. sometimes when we have uh, a symbol like this and again there's lots of ways to unpack so we're just gonna take a a stab at one of the ways here but tell me as if i was an alien and had no idea what a screw was try and explain to me what is a screw ah A screw (laughs) is a kind of like a small metal tool that you use to keep things together Hmm. or attach, attach something to something else. Mm -hmm. And how is a screw different from a nail? Uh, a screw takes more effort with having to turn it mm-hmm. in a clockwise position. Okay, great. And we're just going to do this quick and dirty. Of course, we could we could honestly unpack this for the next hour, and we would find layer upon layer. But <laughs> um, the last piece, you know, we've kind of got three pieces here: the German Shepherd seemingly sick and the screw and so just tell me you said you've got a great relationship with animals tell me about german shepherd have you ever owned one where do you know a german shepherd has it come across your periphery in the last little while well my neighbor has a german shepherd but i haven't seen it in a long time but it's it's very um this particular german shepherd next door to me it's very um loud it's not it's not socialized very well so anytime it sees something it just kind of goes crazy but typically that's not my view of german shepherds my view of german shepherds are very um strong loyal and protective um 
they're kind of just at the very top of the guard dog list, in my opinion. Hmm. Okay, that's great. And so let me just ask a couple more questions here. Thank mm. you, first of all, for, for sharing like this. Oh, yeah, sure. So when you when you said that the, the German Shepherd seemed sick, yeah. um, I, I just want to play back some of what you just shared with me. Okay. You said, you know, you wanted to help it. And it seemed like the only thing that you could do to help it was to, just to let it release, let it let go of the screw, let it throw up. Mm-hmm. And when I asked you about screw, well, sometimes you said, you know, as compared to a nail, it, it well, first of all, it keeps things together, but it takes more effort mm. to screw it in. Mm-hmm. And then you talked about German Shepherd being symbolic of, of strong and of loyal and, and of guarding. Mm-hmm. But you said that this dog closest the resonance that you have in this moment is that, you know, this one close to you is not socialized well. Mm-hmm. And so when I repeat these things of, um, you know, wanting to help, you know, having to stand back and, and let it do its thing mm-hmm. of letting something go of, of, of it actually taking more effort to keep things held together mm-hmm. of, of strength and loyalty and guardianship mm-hmm. and in, in not being socialized well, mm-hmm. just hearing those things back. Does that bring anything up for you? I feel like it's it's in a it's in an arena for sure that I feel some resonance definitely. Um maybe like kind of letting letting go of something that is not that I'm not processing. I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's is, it's is there, getting is there. Is there anywhere you felt, you know? a little bit helpless, you know, where you've mm-hmm. wanted to help, but you kind of just have to stand back and watch and mm-hmm. let something, you know, do its own thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that in my waking life, N- not necessarily to help, I guess in a way to help myself is to let go of trying to control certain aspects of my life in a way. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing else I can do but to just let it be what it's going to be, I guess. Um, okay, that's that's so that's I great. Like that's kind of close to to that interpretation. Mm-hmm. And and again, there's no right interpretation, but what's resonant for you? What's coming yeah. up? So this is good to to kind of sense into it. Mm-hmm. I want to ask two two last questions. One is, if you keep your eyes closed for a second and just yeah. sense into your body, is there anywhere where you're you're feeling sensation right now. Mm, I would probably say more in my heart space. What's that feel like? <sighs> kind of feels like a buildup. Mm-hmm. Some tension? Yeah. Okay. So the last piece, and, and, and again, there's lots more we can unpack here, but we're just going to do quick dirty. So the last piece I'm going to ask you about is, Closing your eyes and seeing that German shepherd. Mm. I want you to imagine being that German shepherd. Again, if it's a projection of some aspect of you, Mm. I want you to take on this big, strong, loyal, guardian type dog Mm. and to feel sick, Mm. feel something very foreign and metallic 
inside mm-hmm. of it and needing to to let it go feeling the you said at the very beginning some confusion around this dream like what mm-hmm. is this thing inside me this thing that is trying to hold things together mm-hmm. it's taking so much effort mm-hmm. and i want you to just release that as that dog as you saw it mm-hmm. wow and doing that what what's coming up for you mm. i definitely feel kind of like it's um like having so much strength, but just having to just surrender in, in order to have relief. Mm. What does that relief feel like? Um, it feels like just needing to rest. Mm. Like, so, like, I, I guess um, just feeling so exhausted from having holding on to whatever that is it's like you would think after getting all that out you'd feel like oh i feel great but no i uh-huh. <laughs> just laying it's like i just gotta lay here for a while yeah, so just healing. resting yeah healing absolutely yeah yeah okay first of all Lindsay, I, i'm gonna stop there with us um and like i said there's lots to Lots more we can unpack, but yeah. you know, you trust yeah, that, that the, good. the time we have together, that this is there's something coming up here, and so all of those things that were resonant, and I could, I could hear it in your voice, I could feel, sense it in our conversation. Mm-hmm. There were some pretty big emotions there. Mm-hmm. That confusion you said, the, the sickness, mm-hmm. the releasing, that wanting to help, having to just stand back, you mm-hmm. know, trying to keep things all together that aspect of the German shepherd not being socialized well, mm. the strength, the loyalty, the guardianship, all mm. of these pieces, and, and the need to just stop and, and heal and just recover. Mm. There's mm-hmm. no right interpretation to the dream here. But what we can do to honor these dreams when we do a little play like this is now just to be mindful. Mm-hmm. Where are these things coming up the next time you feel you know, wanting to help and feeling helpless or confusion or, or you know, your strong, loyal guardian, friend or family side. Mm-hmm. You know, when these things come up, just to remember this dream and to, to feel those emotions that we've just brought up to the surface mm-hmm. and just to become aware. What patterns might I be slipping into? What habitual ways of being might I be walking through life with? And where can I bring some greater conscious awareness and choice mm-hmm. to live into more power, empowered states? Mm-hmm. And and that's you know a small small glimmer into the opportunity with dream work that when mm. we do this every single day or whenever dreams come to us we're continuously chipping away. You don't have to have a big life changing solution today, mm-hmm. but an awareness of when these types of triggers come up that slowly start to shift and transform who we are and these unconscious aspects of self. And that's truly really important self-work and and the work we all need from each other for the world we want to live into and that's that's truly why i I feel like this is so important this work needs to come back as an important part of who we are as a species and what is innate to our humanity this Mm -hmm. other side of ourself this aspect of dreaming and this other aspect of of consciousness that we need to embrace into our Mm -hmm. wholeness 
I absolutely agree. Thank you so much. That was really, really helpful. I mean, I've been struggling with that for like three days and, mm-hmm. and then you helped me get so much closer within like a few minutes. So thank you. I think that is, I will definitely take, that's a huge takeaway for me to just, I guess, ask the right questions with figuring out my dreams instead of immediately trying to go find out the symbolism to them. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. First of all, you're welcome. And and secondly, you, you hit on it. You know, you don't have to have the answers. You know, mm-hmm. answers, answers are kind of dead. Answers like mm-hmm. this is the way again, this is the material, this is the, this mm-hmm. is the, the way it is. Questions are alive. There's so much energy in a question and opportunity and possibility. And so, again, part of dreaming is catching your dreams and trying to make some sense and, and reflect on them. The other part is, before you go to bed, asking questions that are contemplating and putting them to your subconscious mind to see what gets returned to you. And again, it's, it's a beautiful way to book end your days, starting and ending in a contemplative inner exploration. And mm-hmm. it, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that we have time to go into it to the, your earlier question, but you know, as you do this more and more, and as you practice your dream work practice, as you cultivate it, that's where you can start to go. Okay. I'm starting to see some of these patterns. I'm starting to see these issues that are coming up. I'm going to intend to have a lucid dream where I Mm. rewrite the script tonight and I'm Mm. going to live into being, you know, the the helper that I need to be for myself, the empowered guardian, strength, loyal, you know, protector of my space and my boundaries, whatever that might be. I'm, you know, Mm. just riffing here. But as we start to do that and as we start to go into these, imaginary realms that are fully embodied then again those experiences are, have profound rippling effects as to who we shift and become in our waking life as well mm-hmm. i could imagine that's very um, healing to be able to do or be able to get into a space of doing a little bit more lucid dreaming that you can go in and take ownership of different situations that you may be in, in your dream life. Um, totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, that, that's ultimately what, what spurned me to start sharing my dream work practice was a mm-hmm. lucid dream where, although I'd been working on it for a couple of years, some trauma that I had when I was a child, uh, I'd gone to therapy, I'd gone to ayahuasca ceremonies, I'd, I'd done mm-hmm. lots of different work, couldn't quite do the healing mm-hmm. and, and move past what I needed to do until I had a lucid dream one night. And I saw my 11-year-old self, and I was able to go and hold this little boy and tell him Mm. nothing was his fault. He was loved. Everything was going to be okay. And as we kind of dissolved into each other, I woke up, just tears streaming down Mm. my face. And it was the most profound healing moment I'd ever had. And immediately upon waking, my worldview had shifted. The Mm. lenses that I had been carrying all these years automatically lifted and and that energy that was used in like defensive practices was now just liberated for creative mm-hmm. endeavor and and that was the moment where i was like okay we have ceremony every night we have the opportunity for big healing for big transformation i got to start sharing what i know with others and so here we are wow that's so beautiful i love mm-hmm. that um i just have one more question if you have time for sure Um, Is there anything that we can do in our environment that would help us dream better? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the first one is to honor, to treat dreaming as a sacred experience. When we treat something mm -hmm. sacred, we, we give it reverence, we honor it, we prepare for it. And best preparation is some good sleep hygiene. So we get the most, the, the science is unequivocal. It is in getting seven to eight hours of sleep is the best thing we can do for our overall physical, mental, and emotional health. Mm -hmm. And so we also do the most amount of dreaming in those last two hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. And so we can dream more when we, when we sleep well. We sleep well when we're not looking at screens for an hour before bed. So it's getting into ritual of no, no screens. We can have mm -hmm. book time. We can have wind down time. But again, screens are hijacking our inner vision operative. Mm. And so don't let it do that. Don't carry that into your, your, your sacred dream space. Mm -hmm. And finally, you know, as people get into dream work practices, there's all so sorts of oneirogens. These are plants or herbs or things that help us dream better. So lots of people use mugwort or valerian root mm, or mm -hmm. drink teas that... Ultimately, these plant allies help us dream deeper and, and with to greater depths and greater experiences. And so there's lots of other things, but there's no replacement of get good sleep. You know, if you're drinking, I mean, we know marijuana does stop our recall of dreams. Mm. Um, it's definitive. It's one of the sacrifices. And I don't say that with any judgment. I used to smoke marijuana quite a bit. And mm -hmm. it's just, you know, if I do it, it's got to be done in a conscious way and knowing there's 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 a cost to doing that. So mm. um, honor these sleeps, honor these visions. You know, a lot of us do psychedelic work to gain these visions. We just mm -hmm. need to remember we have the opportunity every single night. How do mm -hmm. we how do we keep this as part of our important tool, uh, tools for, for self-growth and development? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much. You shared a world of knowledge. I'm going to go get some new tea now. <laughs> <laughs> I normally have like a chamomile or a lavender tea, but um, I like yeah. that. So. You're, you're welcome. And I'm happy uh, uh, there's things on my Instagram and, and Facebook uh, that I share on irogens and videos of types of tips, tools, tricks you can use to, to really supercharge your dream time. So happy to share those. Oh, awesome. Yes. How can someone get in touch with you or connect with you further? Sure. So, you know, I, I offer really three things through this business, which is I offer courses and these are two month courses. Uh, the next one starting in early, uh, early 2022. We just had a cohort kicked off yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, these are two month courses that cultivate your dream practice to get you going so that you can own a dream practice for yourself for the rest of your life. Uh, there's dream interpretation and that's where a little bit of what we did today people book one-offs when they have big dreams and need help uh, exploring the meanings mm -hmm. and then I do individual coaching and I do corporate coaching for teams that want to access uh, innovation and ideation through their dream time all of that can be found on my website cordelljacks c-o-r-d-e-l-l-j-a-c-k-s dot com on my facebook site cordelljacks dream coach and on Instagram, Cordell.Jack. So appreciate you allowing me to share that. And again, anyone who wants to just dip their toe into this world, sign up on my website or on the Facebook site for the seven-day free Dream Recall Challenge. I'll send you seven videos in seven days. You practice them for a minute or two each night. Your dreams will come flooding back to you. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Lindsay. It's an honor to be here. And thanks for holding the space for us to have this conversation. 
Absolutely. Well, I want to say again, I'm just so excited to see how far you're going to expand with this. I hope it's going to grow tremendously very soon. And I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. You too. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Bye-bye.